We love you. We praise you. We adore you. Wonderful are your name. Wonderful are you, God, in all of your ways. We adore and thank you so much that we can come and give back to you and love on you because you first loved us. And so, Father God, we pray today that you would speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit. Speak to us. Use me, Father. I'm your vessel. I don't want no glory. I want to be out of the way. And I want you to come right now, God, that you will speak to the hearts of your people and that you will change us, make us more like yourself, that we might become a people of effective prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all excited? Well, this is the fourth part of our series on prayer. And uh, I have enjoyed it. You know, whenever I get an opportunity to teach, I seem to learn more, I think, than you guys do. <laughs> because I sit and I study and I'm always fascinated. And, and though sometimes, you know, you, you get rushed and, and uh, when you're trying to prepare a word, and I'm always thinking, you know, during the course of a week and I get a little busy, uh, at work, and I'm always thinking, Lord, I need to hurry up. You need to give me some space so I can have some time to study. And no matter how crunched the time seems to get, whenever I, I sacrifice and make that time for God, God always shows up and gives you a word that is in season. And so we're going to continue with prevailing prayer. And today, this is exciting. I got the most exciting part of prayer that we're going to talk about today. But you all got to get excited. All right? So I want you to just clap your hand and shout hallelujah. Come on. Woo, come on. Oh, come on. We can do better than that. Now, now, now God is going to move, but we really got to get excited, okay? I want, you to, I want you to clap your hand and get excited like God just scored a touchdown. Are we ready? Come on. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory. Hallelujah. Because we got the most exciting part to talk about today. Fasting. Hallelujah. Oh, what happened? <laughs> Look like I just let the air out of the tire. <laughs> Fasting and prayer. The reason that we got that reaction out of some of you is because many of us don't want to fast. None of us really ever want to fast because it goes against our fleshly nature, our appetites. And food has to do with our survival. And so whenever you tell somebody that we're going to fast and miss a meal, people don't usually get excited about that. But today we're going to look into this thing and we're going to find out that there is good reason to fast. And that when the opportunity comes for you and I to fast and pray, you're going to get excited about it. Because fasting takes us to a whole new dimension in God. And it takes our prayer to a whole nother level when we fast and seek the face of God. Jesus said over in Matthew chapter 6, he says, whenever you fast and pray. Now, I know some people say, well, you know, we're not commanded to pray, uh, to fast and all that. And, but let me say something to you. As you read the scriptures, you will find that Jesus expected us to pray, to fast. But not only did he expect us to fast, he also modeled fasting. You remember when he was being tempted by the devil for those 40 days? The Bible said that he didn't eat or drink or do anything. And yet when he got through wrestling with the enemy, he came out full of the spirit power, the spirit's power. He was empowered to do ministry because he spent time fasting and seeking the face of God. You think about the Old Testament and the New Testament. You think about Moses fasting and praying. 
Elijah, Daniel, the Apostle Paul, all of these great giants of the faith, they fasted and prayed. So if they saw something awesome in fasting and praying, and they saw some benefit in it, how come it's not practiced a whole lot? In particular, in the Western culture, we don't like, we don't fast in America too well. Because, you know, let's be real, let's be honest. Because in our culture, we're fat, right? When I say fat, we have our needs met for the most part. We are a very, very wealthy nation. And oftentimes, people don't really feel like I really have to fast and seek God all that much. Now, we don't say that. But then you go over other parts of the world and other parts uh, of the world, you would see that there are people that are fasting on a regular basis and crying out for God because if God don't meet them, they won't make it. They will not make it. So they understand the importance of fasting and praying. Now, when we talk about fasting and praying, if you read the pattern of Scripture, Fasting was something that was always utilized in, the time, in challenging times and when there had to be important decision making. There wasn't, fasting wasn't just some spur of the moment, hey, you know, I'm just going to do this. I mean, usually when you go back and you study fasting, you will find that, man, there were times in there, man, when people were really, really needing God to move. And this was a critical crisis in their life. And they was going through something and they needed to hear the voice of God. And so they fasted and prayed. And so what fasting does is fasting helps us to hear the God, hear the voice of God much, much more clearer. Because what we're doing when we're fasting, we're denying our flesh, you know, because when I, when I said fasting, many of you, you put your head down like this. <laughs> you see, because you're denying your fleshly appetite for a spiritual good. You are empowering your spirit when you fast. Because you are needing to hear from God. And with fasting in prayer, fasting coupled with prayer, not just fasting, because if you just fast and you're not really praying and seeking God, then you missed a meal, you might lose a pound or two, but that's about it. But I don't know about you, but whenever I fast and pray, I want to know that I'm, I'm, I've got something here. God has spoken to me. And I'm ready to respond. And so fasting, it helps us to hear God much more clearer. Because I mean, know that in a world today where there's so much going on, so many things that are vying for our attention. I was, I was talking with Daryl earlier uh, this morning. We were talking about the, that the PlayStation 360, you know, and uh, $600. And people are just so, and I mean, people are waiting outside for 24 hours, two and three days to get that PlayStation 360. And I just really believe that the enemy, it's not that anything is wrong with video games, I'm not saying that, but I believe that the enemy just tried to get us on so many other things of this world and get wrapped up in the things of this world that we miss our divine moments and opportunity that God want to do something special and great in our lives. And so we have, to, we have to make time for this discipline. It's something that we have to prioritize in our life. And my prayer today that after we get through this message, that many of us will begin to practice the discipline of fasting and prayer. Now, when, when I get through sharing this with, with you, you're going to see how God moves, and you're going to be really excited. You might even go home today and turn up your plate and fast and pray. Wouldn't that be awesome? I said, wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> Amen. I got a one amen. Hallelujah. That's all right. The Lord already prepared me for (laughs) y'all. 
The purpose of fasting is to have a closer bond with God. Now, remember what we've been talking about in our prayer life, that the whole purpose of prayer is we want to seek the will of God. And so when we talk about fasting while praying, then we are trying to get closer to God. In other words, we are needing to hear a word from God. We're trying to hear what the Spirit is saying, and so we're drawing near to God. The closer that we draw to God, the better that we can hear God. And what fasting does is it, it, it's that vehicle that allows us to get closer to God. Because in those times when we would normally be eating food, we are concentrating and we are seeking the face of God. Because we're denying our fleshly appetites. And so we want to get to know God better in a particular situation. We're trying to, to hear what it is that God is saying. Also, the purpose of fasting is to repent and to break sin habits. You remember Jesus said that there was only some things that only be broken through what? Fasting and praying. So, you know, you may be struggling with, you know, immorality or with with stealing or cheating or backbiting or gossiping, whatever the sin might be. If you find yourself over and over again, you just can't seem to kick the habit. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever tried fasting and prayer? Because fasting forces you to discipline yourself. And what you're doing when you fast, you're saying to your flesh, flesh, I know this is what you want. I know you want to eat that cake. Flesh, I know you want to eat that chocolate ice cream. I know you want to eat that chicken. Are you getting hungry yet? I know this is what you want to do, but flesh today, I am taking authority and I am suppressing. I am denying my flesh so that my spirit man can take precedent. Because what do we want? It's the spirit. We want to empower the spirit of God. And so when you and I deny our flesh, we're suppressing the the, the appetites of the flesh so that the spirit man in us can be empowered. See, that's what it's all about. And so what happens if we practice this discipline and then when we're tempted to do certain sins and all those things, we have been, listen, we have been praying and we have been fasting. And let me tell you, if you do it enough, you'll get your breakthrough. Because I don't believe that there's no power. There is nothing that God cannot, through the power of his Holy Spirit, when we seek him with our whole heart, that he can't break it. There's no sin that is above God that God can't break you from. You know, I'm not knocking the 12 steps. They're okay. But how about let's take the first step right here. This is all you need. Take one step toward Jesus. I believe that. And sometimes you got to pray. Sometimes you got to fast. You got to turn up that plate, turn over that plate. You got to seek the face of God and say, God, I got to hear from you today, God. I got to get a word from you. God, I need you today. I'm struggling with this situation. I need you to speak to me. And you deny yourself, you deny your flesh. And what you're saying to God is that, God, that this is important. This is so important to me, God, that I will deny food, the source of life in our physical body. I will deny it because I want to hear your voice. It's a time to seek direction and understanding. Some of us may be seeking, we're trying to figure out what it is that God wants us to do. Whether or not I should take this investment. Whether or not I should take this job. Whether or not I should do this or whether or not I should do that. Well, what fasting does is it allows us the opportunity to come before God and God will begin to clear our minds and to give us the kind of direction that we're seeking. Because how many of you are seeking God for something? 
How many of you need some direction about something in your life? I mean, we, I mean, all of us have something that we're seeking God for, something that we need God to speak and to give us clarity about. And that's what fasting and prayer does. And you see from time to time in our church that we will call for fasting and prayer because, you know, and because there is something that has come up and we need to hear God. We need God to move. We need him to move. And so it's a time when we are willing to set aside legitimate appetites of the body to concentrate. Everybody say concentrate. On the work of praying. Because we want to concentrate. We want to make sure that we're focused, that we can hear God. Because how many know that there are so many distractions? And it's hard today, man. Let me tell you, it is so hard today to get alone with God and not be distracted. The telephone, the pager, the kids, to pay this bill, pay that bill, to do this, to do that. I mean, it is hard to get to a place where we won't be undistracted. Well, whenever you fast and pray, fasting has a way of making you get undistracted. Because, boy, when you're hungry, man, nothing talks more to you than when you're hungry, your stomach. Man, it, it's like an alarm. It tells you, dee, 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 dee. And then that's your alarm to say, you know what? That's your hunger pain to say it's time to pray. Time to give that thing over to God. Turn with me to Deuteronomy. Chapter number eight. Y'all getting excited? Yeah, I mean, are you really getting excited? So next time we call a fast, everybody's going to participate, right? Hallelujah. Yeah, we find out here, see, we're going to find out today that when we fast, man, I'm telling you, there is something, there's a dimension of grace and faith, and, and there's a level in God that we go that we will not get unless we're fasting and praying. Deuteronomy chapter number eight, <laughs> verse number one, all the commandments that I am commanding you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess. Everybody say possess, possess the land which the Lord swore to give your forefathers. You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years. That he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and let you be hungry. Whoa, wait a minute. Oh, wait, wait. Am, am I reading that correctly? He said that he humbled you. And let you be hungry. In other words, God saw that you were hungry. He saw that they were hungry. And God said, I want them to go ahead and experience hunger. Now, God, why would you let me be hungry? I mean, God, you said you would supply all my needs. You care about me. And I know you want me, my needs to be met. You want to feed me. You, you know, God, that I need this. Why, God, will you let me go hungry? Why would you do that to me, God? Well, let's keep reading. And he fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Why did God do it? So that man could learn that, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that flows from the mouth of God. 
You see, the spiritual is more important than the physical. Because in the world today, the Bible says that the Gentiles seek clothing, shelter, and food, right? To them, that's everything. But you remember Jesus when he said that I am the bread of life, that if you eat this bread, drink it this cup, you will have life. And then, you know, um, he talked over in another place. And I just lost my chain of thought. He talked in another place about, you know, the disciples when he was ministering uh, to the woman at the well. And the disciples came up and they tried to get him, give him something to eat. And Jesus said, I have meat to eat that you don't know of. Because he said, Lord, you got to be hungry. You know what Jesus said? Jesus says, you know what? This is not the most important thing to me. God is my source for living. And the food and whatever it is that you and I have, God is the one who supplies that. And so what he says is man should not live by bread alone so that they can understand, so that you and I can understand that our source of life comes from God, not from that plate of food that's in front of us, not from that house, not from that job, but that you and I live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And he needed for them to understand that. And so God was teaching them. God was having them to go through the wilderness so that he can teach them that principle. Now, they didn't understand it, but some of us are going through that so that we can learn more. We're going through something so we can learn more to depend on God and not other things. Dead in the flesh. So that we can begin to, listen, it's the spiritual that God is after. It's our spirit, man, that is the real you. This is just a shell. That's all this is. This flesh, and I don't care how much and how often you stand in the mirror and make it look pretty, it's going to crumble one day. I know it for a fact because I see myself crumbling. Things moving that, that didn't used to move. Stuff happening, you know. You get older. This tabernacle is going down at some point. I mean, we delay the process, but it's going down. It's our spirit, man. So we need to put more emphasis on the spirit. And that's what Jesus was teaching when he said, man doesn't live by bread alone. You got to get this. I'm your source. And if you miss that, you'll be looking to other things to provide for you. You'll be looking for other things to give you the kind of hope that only I can give you. And so Jesus let them experience hunger so that they can understand that. Now, what is an acceptable fast? I'm not going to be real long today. Do y'all believe that? Oh, a brother said, amen. I just hope I come through for you, brother. Hallelujah. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 58. Turn there with me, if you will. I'll wait a couple of seconds. What is an acceptable fast? It's important to know that when you and I fast, that there's a prescribed way that God wants us to fast. And just because a person fasts doesn't necessarily mean they're being spiritual. How many know that people fast all the time? So just because we miss a couple of meals here and there doesn't mean that we're spiritual. And just because we, we're fasting doesn't mean necessarily that God has accepted that fast. And so then it brings me to this point uh, in Isaiah chapter 58. What is an acceptable fast to God? Because I know that many of you are really excited and you cannot wait to begin to start fasting afresh And so I want to give to you what is an acceptable fast. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, somebody's excited. Look at verse number number one of, of Isaiah chapter 58. Cry loudly. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. 
This is God talking to Isaiah, his prophet. And declare to my people their transgressions and to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me day by day and delight to know my ways as a nation that has done righteousness. In other words, they look like they are delighting to know my ways. They come to me. They, they look religious. They look like they're serious and has not forsaken the ordinance of their God. And they ask me for just decisions. They delight in the nearness of God. <laughs> but here's the question. Why have we fasted? This is what they're asking the Lord. Why have we fasted and you do not see? Why have we humbled ourselves and you do not notice? Behold, on the day of your fast, did you find your desire and drive hard all your workers? Verse number five. Is it not a fast like this which I have chose a day for a man to what? To humble himself? It is for bowing one's head like a reed or for spreading out sackcloth and ashes as a bed. Will you call this a fast, even an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast which I chose to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke and to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke? Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into the house? When you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Now, here it is. The Jews are asking Jesus, uh, the Lord, a question here. Lord, I mean, what's going on? I mean, you said you want us to fast. And God, we've been fasting like you want us to. We've been we've been going to the temple and, and, and they were trying to figure out, God, why have you we fasted and you have not heard? Why, God, have you not responded to our fasting? The first thing God says to him is that they need to put away their sin. Now, when you and I are fasting, keeping in mind what we said, I got to take my time with this. Because I want to say it right, because I just got so much going on. So much is here. But to put away sin, when you and I are fasting and praying, keeping in mind that the whole objective of fasting is to what? To draw nearer to God, right? It is we want to draw nearer to God. We want to get close to God. And listen, the nearer we get to God, the closer we get to God, what happens now is we begin to develop or we begin to, uh, uh, to, to possess the character of God, right? So if a brother or sister, they say to you that I am fasting, then you would expect if that brother and sister are fasting and praying that that is their most spiritual moment. Because they are taking the time to consecrate themselves before God. And what God was saying to the Jews is that you need to stop sinning. Look at verse number, verse number six. Is this not the fast which I chose to loosen the bonds of wickedness? In other words, stop sinning. You ever hear people say, you know, I've heard over the years and people say, well, brother, I'm just fasting and I'm just praying and believing God. But yet they still got a sharp tongue. Yet they, they, they're still walking in sin. They're still angry. They're still bitter. They're still walking in a spirit of unforgiveness. And then they're saying, well, God, well, God, you know, I'm, I'm seeking God in fasting and praying. But when you and I come to fast before God, God said the acceptable fast is to put away your sin. To walk in righteousness, to put away wickedness from you. 
And so it's not just coming, spreading out, like he said, spreading out before the Lord, saying, Lord, I'm fasting. But it is also when we come to God to fast, we're saying, God, because how many know that when you come to God, one of the first things God does is he begins to rid you. He begins to deal with the sin that is in you. And God requires us to deal with the sin that is in us. And so keeping in mind that fasting is a time of consecration, that means it is a time of drawing near to God and putting away those things that you and I both know that the Holy Spirit has said that we need to stop doing. You see, failure to repent from sin will block our prayer will block the effectiveness effectiveness of our prayer and fasting no matter how much we do it. See, we can't fast and then continue to walk in wickedness, you know. Always, you know, it's funny, you know, people, you kind of wonder when people say they've been praying and fasting, who they've been talking to when you, when you have a conversation with them because what's coming out of their mouth and what they're saying, it ain't matching up. You kind of wonder who they've been having a conversation with. You've been talking to who? You've been fasting and seeking who? So he was saying, put away the wickedness from you. Change your life. Stop sinning. But then he goes a little bit further. He says, listen, to undo the bands of the yoke and to let the oppressed go free to end break every yoke. Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into the house when you see the naked cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Here it is. Here are the Jews. They're coming to God. They're fasting. They're still walking in wickedness. They're holding on to their sin. And not only that, they see people around them with needs. They see people are hungry and they see people are naked. And you know what they're saying? Uh, I'm sorry, brother. Um, uh, see you later. I got to go fast and pray. Oh, I, you know, I, I know you got a problem, but maybe you can see brother and sister so-and-so about that issue. But yet we're fasting and seeking God. We're fasting and praying. And one of the opportunities that we have this season, we did it last year. I was sharing this with somebody yesterday. We have an opportunity with these uh, Thanksgiving baskets. And, and, and uh, am, I calling, am I saying it right? Thanksgiving baskets that we're, we're doing and, and Christmas uh, uh, sharing and giving. You know that the people that we're dealing with with social services, that those people, for the most part, they don't have anything. Now, I am a product of welfare system. I grew up. And I can tell you that, that if, if, if welfare, if somebody, if social services didn't knock on my door, we weren't getting any toys. Oh, we might have got, maybe somebody was nice enough to give us a pair of socks, but that was about it. And so every year, we used to wait for the, somebody to knock on that door and bring us a toy. Thanksgiving dinner. You know, I can remember many times we ate pork and beans and hot dogs. And how many of us eat pork and beans and hot dogs for Thanksgiving? You see, we have an opportunity. We say we love the Lord. And the reality of it, listen to this, and hear me well, because I want you to understand me. The majority of people that you and I give to, you know, this, this time of year, everybody get excited. Everybody want to, you know, you hear this time of year, you usually hear everybody seem like it's coming from every place. Give, give, give. And, you know, the last thing you need is for somebody else to come and tell you that you got to give, give, give something else. Well, you know, the, the majority of the people that you and I give gifts to, they're generally okay. Let's be realistic. I mean, come on. Our kids have more toys than they can shake a stick at. Most of the people that you're rushing to the store to give and to feed, they're fine. They ain't missing no meals. 
That's fine. But what's honorable to God? To give to those who don't have anything. You see, this is a marvelous opportunity. And so you should be excited. You, I mean, do I have an opportunity to give to somebody who is less fortunate? Wow! Because when you do that, God sees that. You see, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 13, it reads, He who shuts his ear to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be answered. So here it is. They're fasting and they're seeking God, but they're ignoring the needs that are around them. And when you and I are fasting and we're coming to God, we're getting the character of God. We're getting the mind of God, which is going to cause us to change and become more godly in our attitude. And it's going to affect the way that we relate to the people that are around us. And so people who don't have anything, I mean, it is awesome. You get to go and knock on somebody's door. Now, we provided a way for you to do that. And I know sometimes some of you may be saying, well, gosh, I got to go. Don't look at it that way. Don't look at it that way because this is an opportunity for you to be blessed because you are giving to somebody who probably cannot give back to you. And anytime you give something to somebody who can't give back to you, guess who's going to reward you? (laughs) Guess who's going to reward you? God is going to reward you. And I don't know about you, but I want the reward of God. And so when we talk about this issue of fasting and praying, listen, it is a time that we say, look, now we got to get right the stuff that is wrong. We got to lay our heart. We say, we're going to say, I'm going to seek God through fasting and prayer. That's a time of consecration. That's a time when we put away the sin and then we begin to act like God because we're spending time with him. And then verse number eight, he says now, when we get to that place where we loosen the bonds of wickedness to undo the bands of the yoke and let the oppressed go free and break every yoke and to give to the hungry and to provide for the hungry, consider the poor. When you see him naked, that you cover him. When you do this, verse number eight, then your light will break out like the dawn. Then your answer to prayer will come. What you're seeking God for, now is going to happen because you've been seeking God with fasting and praying. You've been getting yourself right before God. You've been giving. You've been sharing. And he says, listen to this. Your light will break out like the dawn and your recovery will speedily spring forth. And your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. In other words, God got your back. I don't know about you, but I want to know today that God has my back. That God will be a defense. That God will protect you. That God will stand up for you because you've been seeking him and you have dedicated yourself to seeking his face by fasting and praying. And God says, I'll be your rear guard. And then you will call, in verse 9, then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry and he will say, here I am. How many of you want that kind of prayer? That when you call out to God, they're fasting and praying. That the minute you call God, God says, here I am. What what do you want? You see, they couldn't understand. They were trying to figure out. They was like, God, we're fasting. What's the problem? Because, see, they were still being selfish. Still walking in their own sin. God said, listen. Boy, when you get it right, when you, this is the fast that I want. When you get to this point, you will call me and I will answer. He says, listen, listen to this. If you remove the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, stop accusing people, stop cr- criticizing people, 
Stop slandering. Stop gossiping. And if you give yourself to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in darkness and your gloom will become like midday and the Lord will continually guide you. I mean, come on, somebody. Y'all getting excited about that. I, I feel like I'm by myself. The Lord will continually guide you, lead you, direct you. All of us are wanting direction. We're needing to know. We're needing to hear from God. He said, I will continually guide you. This is a promise from the word of God. This is not Gary talking to you. This is the word of God. And he said, I will satisfy your desire in the scorched places. You know, in the places where, you, where, where there seems to be dryness, where there seems to be no life, where there seems to be a struggle, where it seems to be hopeless. God says, I'm going to water you and give strength to your bones and you will be like a watered garden. In other words, you will be a green Christian. How many of you want to be a green Christian? That means that you're prospering and you're, you're flourishing in every area of your life. When people see you, all they see is prosperity all over you because you're green. Why? Because you sought the face of God. And you're fasting with the right heart. You are fasting with the right attitude. And God is saying, oh, boy, I got to respond to that. I told you, listen, we've been laying a foundation for the past four weeks. I mean, this is awesome. Because, listen, and, and you know, you, you should grab a copy of those CDs and listen to them every now and then. Because let me tell you something. You're going to have times when you're praying and you're going to be wanting to seek an answer from God. And it's good to just listen, to just filter through and make sure that I haven't missed something here. And let me tell you something. When he, taught, when he said to these folks here, he says, when you are fasting and when you pray and when you do it the way that I want you to do it, you will call me and I'm going to respond to you quickly. I mean, I can't think of anything more exciting than that. Then you will call me, and I will answer. What you want, son? What you want, daughter? Well, you know, God actually he'll call you by your name because he knows you, right? If he knows the hair on your head, then obviously he knows your name. That's another sermon that can preach all by itself. And so, let's look at Matthew chapter number six. Y'all staying with me? You getting excited? All right. So I'm going to walk by you. If I see anybody sleep, I'm going to tap you on the shoulder. Glory to God. I don't see nobody sleep. But if I see somebody sleep, except for little Lauren, she can go to sleep. We'll, we'll allow little Lauren to go to sleep. Hallelujah. <laughs> Matthew chapter number six. Wasn't another, that another beautiful dedication last week? I just, I think that's, that's very, very special. Very special. Some of you want to go back and have more kids, don't you? Oh, she said, <laughs> she just smiled. Oh, my goodness. She woke up <laughs> April. So, oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> because I look at my wife and don't even think about it. All right, here we go. Matthew chapter 6. What is the motive? Now, you may say, well, Pastor, you always talk about motive all the time. But I always talk about motive because God always talks about motive. And we can get to the point that we don't really care so much about what people think more, but that we're more concerned about what God thinks, that's when we will experience blessing. Because how many know that God sees exactly where we are? We can't fool God. That's why I always laugh at people when they're not being honest, when they're not being, when they're not being sincere, and when they're not, you know, uh, when, you know, when they're being somewhat deceptive. And I'm always like, you know, God always, God already sees where we are. So why fake it? I mean, you know, 
we need to put more emphasis on the inner man and not the outer man. And so as I'm growing in my walk with God, one of the things that I'm really learning is not to care about what, listen, and don't, mis, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying to be insensitive to people. Don't misunderstand me. But I am more concerned about what God is concerned about. And we need to understand that. And so now what is our motive so in, in praying? Whenever you fast, look at verse number 16 of Matthew chapter 6. Whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do. Now, Jesus called the religious leaders hypocrites. I mean, these are the people that had it all together. He called them hypocrites. He said, don't do it like they do. In other words, you know what they would do when it was time to fast? Man, they wouldn't brush their teeth. They'd walk around with bad breath, hair not combed, didn't put on no deodorant, and they walk around all stinky and, oh, God, oh, I'm just fasting and seeking the Lord today. Oh, brother, sister. I'm just trying to seek the Lord today. Pray for a brother. Oh, everybody, I want you to know that I'm trying to seek the Lord today. Pray for me. And they were doing it all for show. Because they wanted everybody else to know that they were fasting. But listen to what Jesus says. Whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance. So let me tell you so, you know. Don't neglect your appearance when you fast. Nobody need to know when you, listen, when you are fasting, nobody need to know, but you and God. So brush your teeth, comb your hair, put on some deodorant, and act right. Look at your neighbors, they act right. Boy, they're having fun over there, aren't they? (laughs) So that they may be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward. In other words, God is saying, if you, when you and I fast, if the only objective is that we want other people to know that we're fasting and all that, guess what God said? God says, good to go. You got your reward. Other people know you're not getting anything from me. But you, when you fast, can you close that door for me if you mind? When you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your father who is in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. See, there it is. See, when you and I pray to God in secret, because how many know that God sees exactly where you are and what you're going through? And so he's saying that if you come to me and you're fasting and praying just to me, nobody else know it because you want to hear a word from me. God says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to reward you openly because your motive was you're just trying to see God. You're trying to hear. You're trying to get a word from God. You're trying to get direction from God. And so the motive is right. And then which brings me to another point that we got to be careful that we don't become manipulative and using fasting as a manipulative tool. Turn with me to Acts, I believe, Acts chapter 23. Y'all, y'all stay with me. We, we, we're, we're moving okay, and we're going to be coming down in a second. Glory to God. Acts chapter 23. Here the Jews are mad at Paul. <laughs> They're mad at Paul because Paul was preaching the gospel. So they decided that they're going to call a fast because they wanted Paul to shut up and stop preaching the gospel. And when it was day, verse number 12 of Acts 23, 
When it was day, the Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves under an oath, saying that they would neither drink nor they would neither eat nor drink until they had killed Paul. There were more than 40 who formed this plot. Now, the only problem with this was it was outside of the will of God. Because how many know that Paul was God's man? And so now they have decided that they're going to fast. Okay, because how many know that they really thought that they were being spiritual, but they weren't being spiritual. They missed God altogether. Because what they had determined is, okay, we're going to fast until we get what we want from God. And how many know that fasting should not be used that way? If when you and I are coming to God and we're fasting and praying, we're not fasting because we want God to do what we want. Now, if what we want is consistent with what he wants and consistent with his will, then it's okay. It's okay to do that. But we can't use fasting as, okay, I'm going to fast until I get what I want. Because one of the things we need to be careful about is that we have taken the time to seek God and know that what we're asking is consistent with what he wants. It's kind of like it goes back to everything that we've been talking about in recent weeks. And so we can't use fasting as a manipulative tool to try to manipulate God or to force God to do something that he don't want to do. Because how many know God, we exist for God. God doesn't exist for us. And it's hard for us to imagine that sometimes because of our human flesh. Sometimes it's easy to become self-centered. I mean, all of us struggle with that, right? All of us struggle with being selfish. And God is all the time putting his finger on there. And that's why we always need to be saying, God, show me my faults, even the hidden ones. Because, I mean, there, I could really miss it here sometime, God. And so we need to be humble enough to say, God, show me to make sure, God, if I'm being manipulative in any way, God, show me. Because I don't want to be that way. And how do you know that God will honor that? God will honor that. When we come to him like that, saying, God, I really want to do what you want. Will you please show me? And God will do that. Now, what are some occasions for fasting while praying? Number one, a time of crisis. Uh, turn to Second Chronicles. It's in the Old Testament. I know I'm taking you through uh, quite a bit of scriptures this morning. But, you know, the word of God is, uh, is life and it helps us. And this is where we get our direction from. And, you know, and I got to find it. So I think I'm getting there. Second Chronicles, chapter number 20. Are we there? Here's the story of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was in a crisis. Now, if you go back and, like I said before, when we study the scriptures about fasting and praying, oftentimes what we find is that people fasted in a time of crisis. In a time of struggle, in a time of difficulty. Say that if somebody is sick and they're on their deathbed, how many know that's a time of crisis? Say that you, you just lost your job and you don't know how you're going to support your family, that's a time of crisis. Say that, you know, when our nation was under attack and we didn't know where the next attack was going to come from, that was a time of crisis. And so oftentimes we find in Scripture that that, that people came to God, they fasted and prayed in a time of crisis. And here Jehoshaphat, who is the king of Judah, he is under attack and a number of nations much more bigger, much more sophisticated are coming against him. And Jehoshaphat, he was afraid. And look at verse uh, number three. Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord. And guess what he did? And he proclaimed a fast. Throughout all Judah, 
So here it is now. There's a time of crisis that is happening. He don't know what else to do. And so you know what he did? He says, listen, we're going to seek God. We're going to fast. And the interesting thing is that when he called that fast, everybody participated in that fast. And look at verse 13 of of, uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And all Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants and with their wives and with with their children. One of the things I want to recommend parents that you do whenever you, because remember, we are, 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 are raising up the next generation, right? So when you are experiencing crisis in your family, you know, a lot of times the tendency is to do what? We kind of keep it away from our kids because we don't really want them to know what we're, what's really happening, right? That's not a good thing to do. When you are experiencing a crisis, a good thing to do is to bring the family together Men, bring our families together and say, look, we're going to fast and pray. Now, you may say, well, well, the kids can't fast. Oh, they can miss a meal. Those young bucks can do just fine. Right, men? Right? <laughs> and listen, and call a fast. And here it is. This is a time of crisis. And Jehoshaphat called a fast. And everybody came. The children, the women, everybody came. And they stood before the Lord. Now, watch what happened as they seek the Lord. So now he calls this fast and then he begins to pray. Everybody, everybody came and stood before the Lord, their wives and their children. And then in verse number 14, then in the midst of the assembly, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jehu, the son of Matayanah, the Levite of the sons of Esau. And he said, listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Glory to God. So tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Zitz, and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness. In verse 17, you need not fight in this battle, but Station yourselves, stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, verse 17, go out to face them. Because how many know you got to go out to face them? Go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, and they worshiped. And so what we see here is that all the people participated. This was a time when they sought the Lord in fasting and praying. And they just weren't fasting. They just, listen, they they weren't just fasting, but they were also praying before the Lord. And as they're fasting and praying and seeking the Lord, guess what happens? The prophetic begins to happen. God begins to give a revelation. God begins to give understanding. And then another reason why we, we fast, another occasion is for direction. And here it is in verse number 12. Stay with me. Here it is in verse number 12 that he is saying, uh, 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 Jehoshaphat is saying, Oh, Lord God, will you judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. For we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. In other words, he is now seeking direction because he's saying, God, listen, this is a huge multitude that is coming against us. And God, we don't know what in the world to do. Now, you will think, that while they're fasting and seeking God, that God would say to him, okay, you need to call brother so-and-so, you need to call sister so-and-so, you need to do this, you need to do that. But you know what the Lord said? The Lord raised up a prophet, a prophetic voice in the midst of that while they were praying and fasting and seeking the Lord. And God spoke and said, listen, don't do anything. 
You don't even need to fight this battle. See, sometimes we're fighting battles that God never intended for us to fight. Right? Anybody ever been there? We're fighting battles, dealing with stuff that God never intended for us to, 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 to deal with. And so Jehoshaphat was seeking direction, and God told him what to do. And, and I believe that if Jehoshaphat hadn't prepared his heart and sought the Lord and got that direction, he probably would have tried to do something in his flesh and went the wrong way. Maybe he would have tried to fight the battle himself, but the reality was that they were too big for him. There was too many nations coming against him, and God gave him a revelation. And when you and I are fasting and praying, God will give us a revelation. And God will give us understanding. And God gave Jehoshaphat revelation. He says, stand still, don't do anything, but listen, I'm going to fight this battle for you. But how did he get it? How did he get it? He got it through seeking direction from God and through fasting and praying. Some of us need some direction. Some of us need some understanding. And what fasting and praying does, it helps us to get what we're after. It helps us to hear God clearer because many times we make mistakes and we do things and we get ourselves involved in things that God never intended for us to do. He just wanted us to stand back and see the salvation of the Lord. Amen? Oh, gosh, I lost my place. And then look at verse number 22. When they begin singing and praising, get this, (laughs) because they got a word from the prophet. Then they begin to sing and praise. And when they begin singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Moab. But when did it happen? When did God send the ambush? When they begin to praise. When they begin to worship God in faith, God set the ambush against their enemies. And you go on and read that God routed them. God routed them and God took care of it because you know why? Because Jehoshaphat got a word from the Lord. And then another occasion, and I'm not going to turn there, but I'll just uh, speak on it. Another occasion is the uh, ordination of leaders. Another occasion for fasting. Uh, You can take your time and read it, but in Acts chapter 13, you can see that the apostles, and they were all gathered together, they were praying and fasting and seeking the Lord, and the Lord spoke, and the Lord said, set me apart Barnabas and Saul, or Paul, for the work to which I called them to do. And so one of the things that, that, that is practiced and should be practiced in every church, and we talk about ordaining leaders that need to be time of fasting and praying because that is a huge responsibility. How many of you agree with that? And so we have to do that very, very carefully. We don't lay hands on anybody suddenly. And so leadership uh, selection wasn't done in a flippant way. And then in Acts chapter, in Acts 14, 23, it says, when they had appointed elders for them in every church, having prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And then lastly, special revelation. We're fasting for a special revelation. You know, you may be trying to figure out, you know, how to handle a particular situation. Or you may be trying to figure out why did something happen. Fasting, praying, God will give you a special revelation that you wouldn't otherwise have gotten had you not fasted and prayed. And so God gives special revelation. In uh, Daniel chapter number 8, verse 27, Then I, Daniel, was exhausted and sick for days 
Then I got up again and carried on the king's business, but I was astounded at the vision, and there was none to explain it. So Daniel tried to get revelation. He wanted to get understanding because he couldn't figure out what the vision was all about, and he fasted, and then God spoke to him and gave him a revelation of what was going on. And so in conclusion, I'm going to give you six things. It'll only take a couple of minutes. Six things, a uh, suggestion for fasting. The first one is, if you never fasted before, start slowly. Because I know that some of you are going to start your fast today, right? <laughs> start slowly. You may only want, listen, just look, try one, one meal. And during that time that you would normally be eating, then what you need to be doing is that's when you start praying. So let your hunger pain be an alarm to tell you to pray. Every time when you, when, you, when you start fasting, when you miss that meal, let that happen. And then drink clear liquids to flush out the impurities because one of the things that you want to be, yeah, you want to be fasting, you want to seek the Lord, but you want to make sure that your health is good. And a lot of times we flush the impurities. It just helps us. We, you know, our bodies, you know, go through a lot of changes because how many know that some of us, we have some serious convulsions, you know, by ask, being asked to turn out, you know, to not eat. You know, some of us, you know, just kind of, oh, gosh, you can't miss a meal. Some of us haven't missed a meal in our life. Glory to God. And then number three, schedule your times of focused prayer if you have to work. Now, I always say I think it's best. And this is and this is what I've seen in the scripture. And I believe it works best that whenever you fast and pray that I believe that it works best when you can take the day off if you can and just spend the whole day with the Lord and fasting and praying. Now, if you can't take time off from work, then listen, during the course of a day in your fast, just a lot, 10 or 15 minutes, as the Lord leads, a time that you're going to pray. Because if you don't, what will happen is you'll be fasting, but you won't be really concentrating on your spirit because you have to work. So what you do is, put your, listen, when you're at work, put up a piece of paper and say at maybe at, at 9.15, I'm going to pray for 10 minutes. I'm going to go outside, take a walk, you know, whatever. Uh, at 12 o'clock, I'm going to pray for five minutes. And at 4 o'clock, I'm going to pray. And what are you doing? And what you're doing is you're keeping the spirit fresh. Because the whole purpose of fasting and praying is to do what? To hear God. That's why you're fasting. And if you're you're bogged down with a lot of things, then it's kind of hard to do that. So these are just some practical things. Um, And for those of you who are sick, perhaps, you who may have an illness, like my son Jeremiah, you know, he's a diabetic. I know Sean has some issues. Then you probably need to consult a doctor before you fast. But then there are other things that you can fast. You know, maybe a particular, maybe fasting from all sweets or maybe just fasting from just do a liquid diet or a vegetable diet. In the book of Daniel, uh, they did that. They fast. They just had a vegetable diet. So there are different ways that you can fast and deny yourself for the purpose of seeking God and seeking his face. And then lastly, we need to prepare for our fast. Whenever there's a fast, listen, don't just listen to it and just kind of go into it flippantly, but take the time and prepare your heart and your mind to fast, which means that you may have to make some phone calls and say, you know, maybe tell a friend that you normally talk to that during this time frame, we're going to be fasting and praying, seeking God. So, you know, I'm not going to do this activity. I'm not going to do that activity, but I'm going to take this time and I'm going to seek the Lord through fasting and praying. And so I gave you a couple examples today of how important it is to fast and and how that fasting moves God and that it was something that was practiced in Scripture. And God never, ever intended for us to stop practicing this discipline. And so I want to encourage you in the Lord, if you're struggling, if you're trying to hear or get a word from God, whatever it might be, 
Take some time and not only pray about it, but also fast about it. And you will find that your prayers will be much more intense, that you will find that you will be much more focused in your prayer, and you will find that you will hear God more easily. Amen? Amen. Let's stand as we uh, close.